Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's I'm Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Just the two of us this week. Uh, Lavender Gooms has to take care of some uh, real life stuff. Um, so hopefully he'll be back next week. Now that we're back in the bullshit zone of UFC cards. I think in the scenario of just the two of us, I think you're Will Smith, right? And I'm the little kid. I mean, you're older than me, technically. Yeah, but you're running the show. By the way, I, think, I think Will Smith was definitely running the show in that movie, from what I remember from previews, because I didn't. I don't think I ever saw it. I mean, that was just a song, just the two of us. Are you talking about the really? movie? Are you talking about the movie where was he was like broke guy, the pursuit of happiness? That one. Uh, I mean, I'm mixing those two things together. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it's appropriate, Mark, to mention that because happy birthday to my co-host here, who turned you, 63. This past yep, week. Yep, that's right. Old almost, g- almost going to retire. No, two more years. We're still, oh, no, we're, we're still in that. our thirties. So, yeah. Mar- um, so go ahead and wish Mark a happy birthday on Twitter. He's not going to see it because his Twitter account got hacked a while ago, and he just abandoned shit. I'll check that shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll know. I'll know. You, you know what? If you want to tweet at it's amazing. Uh, sure. There you, you, go. you know, go nuts. Um, there you go. But yeah, I already folks, got my treat, baby, because we got a hell of a card. You know what? My birthday. I was. Uh, it was nice, man. Um, there was no. I mean, there was there was a lot of decisions on the main card, but I wasn't bored for a moment of any of that. To be honest, um, we're going to talk about um, the wonderful Trevor Whitman parlay. Me and mm-hmm. uh, I, I wish Good Mike money. was here. Me and Lavender Grooms got paid. Trev, that, my back too. Well, I mean, it was a hundred twenty dollar bet. A hundred of it was me. So oh, Mike, okay, Mike, Mike, Mike won like 60 forces. bucks. Yeah. A little um, Voltron there. Okay. Yeah. So um, I figured out, as, as we noted, as I noted on the It's an Amazing Twitter account, that I've uh, mastered ga- MMA gambling. All you need to do is wait for Trevor Whitman guys to go out there and bet on his people. I mean, Goes well. Honestly, not the worst betting advice in the world. Not the worst. I mean, one team, they're kind of killing it. Because so. let me tell you, the other part of me is like, I'm going to bet on Chris Barnett to do to win every fight going forward. That's the other I end of it. Would not do that. Not That's smart. Or yeah. betting advice. We'll talk about it. Um, give you guys a rundown. Tomorrow. We're going to talk about this main card with the two title fights. Um, we're going to have a number one contender. It looks like at lightweight. Um, talk about old man Frankie Edgar getting uh, a really unfortunate picture coming out of that fight. Did you see the fight? Uh, the picture mark of uh, him eating Marlon's foot. And uh, I think so. I mean, Frankie I saw looking, the fight too. Yeah. I saw it in motion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Can talk about uh, Alex Pereira on the undercard. We got Ian Geary down there. A lot of people talking about him. Our guy Chris Barnett. This was an awesome card. A broke what? A broke the mm-hmm. record allegedly for most significant strikes in a fight card. But there was also right. fourteen fights. So that sounds like a lot too. Yeah. Sounds like a lot. Sure. Um, so um, yeah, we'll uh, talk about that. We're gonna talk. We're gonna see if see some of the news of this week. Not a ton of it, quite frankly. Um, size, you know, John Jones trying to find a place to hang his, you know, heavy bag. Um, mm-hmm. see what Carla Sparza's how she's gonna get fucked in this equation somehow. And uh, you know, we'll get into that preview. This look, the UFC's back to shoveling shit. 
Um, this card this weekend is garbage. The main event sounds awesome. Um, Max Holloway and Yair Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, spoiler alert, we're probably both picking Max. But I th- I'm thinking it's going to be accumulation knockout, one of those from Max. You know, just too much, too much strike. It's, it's a really fun fight on paper. But, yeah. yeah, and Yair's game always. So, um, But yeah, let's get into it. Marcus, UFC 268, Kamara Usman, Colby Covington, second time. Um, great fight. I think probably the first one is a little better, personally. A little bit more competitive back and forth. Mm-hmm. I did not like what Colby Covington was doing for like the first two or so rounds. Because for a guy whose entire strategy is like accumulation, you know, and putting on a pace with people the way like almost like a Bisping style or a Diaz style. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that he wasn't doing a lot. It seemed like he was just getting touched up a lot by uh, Kamaru. Um, kind of turned it around a little bit in the third third round. I think he won the third, was it he won? Or he won the fourth? He won I one round. I think the fifth. Did you give him two mm-hmm. rounds? I, think, I don't think I gave him the fifth. I don't remember. I think I gave him one round. Mm-hmm. Two judges gave him two rounds. One judge gave him one round. Nobody scored a 10-8. What the fuck? How wasn't that round a 10-8, the one where he almost got finished? Um, mm-hmm. But what do you think? What do you think of uh, his performance? Let's start with Colby. Uh, yeah, no, it, he definitely seemed to get off slow. And I think a lot of it was just um, a lot of respect, uh, not wanting to get too wild, trying to be more technical. And that is where Usman was able to just kind of outpoint him. And in points in this fight, Usman had showcased what we have kind of thought of him to become this really polished technical striker with just, you know, solid fundamentals that jab and uh, straight, uh, getting a lot of work done for him. And then still we see this side, you know, later in the fight where when Colby did start, you know, uh, being more aggressive, I think once he kind of learned that, you know, if he is aggressive, Usman wasn't finding a lot of counters. So he was able to throw a couple shots, even miss them and then still be in the pocket and not be in danger. And that's when he started pushing up the pace and he started landing a lot more shots. And, you know, the fight became much more competitive at that time. I think another big thing for Colby in this fight was like he really wanted to break that streak of Usman not getting taken down at all because there was a lot of takedown defense attempts, which is also good, you know, like the booth mentioned, it kind of mixing things up lets your opponent, you know, not feel stagnant and not just have to worry about the hands and the striking, but also if you're changing levels to to shoot. Um, and, and that level change led later into the uppercut, which uh, Covington found a lot of success. Oh, wait, success are we saying with. that was a takedown or not, Mark? Let's get into the debate. People are, because uh, Daniel Cormier, I'm not sure you had a commentary on. Um, but yeah, Cormier was, was saying, well, that was a takedown. And the UFC statistician's like, well, it's not a takedown. I thought it was a takedown. He got him down on both knees. Well, I don't yeah, know. So, I mean, I thought that was I, a takedown. I'm not a wrestler. You were, at, at least. I'm thinking, I mean, so was Cormier. But well, what do you think? And, but it's like, this isn't an amateur wrestling match. This is an UFC match. So Absolutely. The, the, the question really is, what is the criteria that the people doing the stats count as a takedown? And from my understanding and why this, you know, attempt didn't count as a takedown was like i think you need to have some amount of control or ground control after you get the takedown if you're not completely in control and the guy gets back up i guess it doesn't count yeah in amateur wrestling that would have been a takedown you know when you get a guy on both knees like Usman was that counts as a so this was more like it was all one fluid motion almost they didn't think it was enough time he was having down i guess yeah i know what did you think rewatch if you if you were just not knowing anything just you watch we've been watching mma for 20 years probably yeah, i wasn't surprised i said it wasn't a takedown like and yeah. i agree with I'm, with uh yeah. with dc like in in you know competitive amateur wrestling that is the definition of a takedown but there wasn't a lot of control he, i think he had usman down for 
a second, if anything, and then he was able to build himself back up. So, I mean, it's just like, at the end of the day, it's just like, whatever, you know, because yeah. it being successful or not isn't always, that doesn't determine I mean, if... I mean, we talked about successful. it. We talked about it. Like your takedown, your position, your octagon control or something, that doesn't matter if you just right, held him there for a moment. That's anyways. not a, that didn't count. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Kamaru, um, my brother, like a minute into the fight is texting me. He's like, Colby doesn't have a jab. He's not winning this fight. And I'm like, well, this isn't just boxing, but yeah, Kamaru mm -hmm. does have a jab. Um, Colby, you know, we, you know, they fought 10 rounds, these two guys. Yeah. And they were, you know, the facade, the Colby facade was turned off momentarily. Um, and, you know, gave respect to Kamaru and Kamaru gave respect mm -hmm. to but him. Then and the fight, and then they nice. went to the press conference and he was wearing his bullshit and, you know, he had to start selling another fight. And Yeah. I mean, when you watch the fight, I just thought it was funny because, like, the fight ends and they're talking and uh, was it was it Dan? Was he the ref? Oh, yeah, Tan Dan? Like, he was like, he's like, okay, guys, come on, we fought. And then, like, I, you, I didn't really hear what he was saying. And then Dan, you just know it's nice because Dan's like, oh, that's sweet. All right. And Dan's like, all right, you guys <laughs> can kiss like, a, a kiss later or something. It wasn't yeah. heated. They were, you know, given respect and love, which is, um, you know, I, I think you mentioned you watched some of the countdown. You know, uh, I watched the countdown as well. And Usman was saying, like, you know, it, all the stuff Covington says, like, I know this guy's a real competitor. You know, we shared the octagon for almost 25 minutes and we had a really tough fight. So, like, I respect this guy's competitor. You know, whether you think what whatever you think of him, you know, as his character, facade, personality thing, whatever, um, you know, he really comes to fight. So it was nice to see that even though Covington has definitely masqueraded this kind of persona for himself to be more marketable for the better or for the worse, uh, to have that kind of drop is nice to see because, like, it is kind of, you know, vitriol. It's, it's fucking gross. And it's it just, is, we, yeah. We've talked about this enough with this guy. I'll just say this. Whether you are actually a dick or you're trying to act like a dick, you know, for money, it's the same thing. You're a piece of shit. Oh, for sure. You're a piece of shit. Okay. Yeah, it's just not one, one, in one version, you're also a whore. Okay. That's, that's the difference. Um, all right. Um, going forward. Um, what do you want for next to the, for each of them? Like what's the scenario here where, I mean, Kamaru said he wants to wait a little bit. Um, I think we both think Leon Edwards already deserves it, deserves a title shot. Um, mm -hmm. And I think Dana did say he wants Kamzat to, like, fight some people, obviously. I don't know where the rest yeah. of the rankings are. But in the scenario where Leon Edwards doesn't beat Jorge Masvidal, which, spoiler mm -hmm. alert, for three, four weeks from now, I'm picking Leon Edwards to beat Jorge Masvidal. Just put that out there right now. And mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be close. Um, who do you – what do we do with this with this championship? It's not like we're looking at a guy who wants to go fight his fellow Nigerian. I mean, the next guys on this list here um, for Kamaru are uh, Gilbert Burns. Whoop that ass. Um, it was Colby Cummington beat him twice, beat up Leon, be a build up, beat up Gilbert Burns, Leon Edwards, as we mentioned, uh, Vicente Luque, who's just trying to get a fight with Nate Diaz. Um, I think Vicente and Lucamaro would be a fun fight too, because I don't think Vicente is capable of a bad fight. Um, I don't know what Wonder Boy's up to or Kiesa, those next on the list, and Masvidal. I think Wonder Boy lost, right? He lost his last one. Yeah. Threw him out of the mix. I mean, it's got to be, we're looking at Luque, I guess, right? I mean, unless someone like, some like, you know, this is how some bullshit where Conor McGregor comes back in seven months and gets a title shot for no reason. I mean, I, th I think it, a lot of it just it, it's completely off of, you know, how does that Edwards uh, Masvidal fight goes? You know, I, I think much like you, Edwards should win that fight on paper. And if he does, then that, that's I think that's the logical next move. If he doesn't, then then you have to start. I mean, he wants, the guy wants time off. Depends how much time he wants off, too, I guess. If he does what he doesn't want to fight till like next summer to like next July, maybe he wants to come back Kamaru. 
There's plenty yeah, of time I mean, for this division to reshape itself, too. I don't think Usman's going to mind if Edward wins and says, like, oh, I want to take five, six months. Because he's probably like, yeah, that's fine. I'll take some time. He's the champion. You know, the big money fight's going to be whenever he decides to do it. So I think that's the logical choice. If not, then it is kind of, uh, you know, what do you you throw some of these guys against each other and, and see what comes of that? Like Covington and Burns, maybe. I don't know. Um, I don't. Yeah, there's not a lot of, like, logical fights out there or Covington and uh and we're, okay. we're not, Covington's not getting enough you don't get a third shot like no not. but you just figure out contenders especially right when you got farther away from winning in the second one um Comey mm-hmm. and uh Colby I think him and uh Mosfidal got a fight right I mean they're Mosfidal still talking shit Mosfidal yeah. was out there comparing Colby to Joe Biden I saw on Twitter and I was like, I I was like and okay. I was like is this because they're old and shitting themselves I don't know I don't know and I was just like fine have them fight. Put it in Florida. Whatever. Pay Donald Trump to commentate it, and I'll, I'll just ignore it. Um, I yeah, I think that's where you got to do right. You got to book Covington and Colby, and uh, you got to book Covington and Mosvidal, right? Like this is. Yeah, I mean, is it, Mosvidal has a fight, right? I think a yeah. lot of things pivot off of that, right? If if Leon wins, then I do think Mosvidal and Covington. I think there's a lot of heat yeah. in that fight. That makes sense. And then you have your number one contender in Edwards already I, taken care of. So, I mean, I think that makes sense as well. Well, I'll talk about this a little bit. I mean, we're going to talk about AEW at the end. And it was uh, – we, we I was telling you I thought Mosfidal was going to wrestle this weekend because it just didn't look like they were building towards that. And I think that they must have – the fact that this fight got signed or something must have been the reason it's not happening because Mosfidal is not wrestling this weekend. Probably smart when you're fighting a number three ranked welterweight in the world in four weeks. So, that worry there. But, yeah um, – Arlovsky is though. I'm excited for that. Um, all oh, right. Sure. I mean, Junior did such a good job. Um, all right. Co-main event: Rose Namajunas, Whaley Zhang. Um, the most nervous part of my Trevor Whitman parlay, and mm. that betting line of equal of, of both being minus one ten mark seemed very appropriate for a fight that was a razor thin. Um, people who pick, people who picked Whaley who thought Whaley won thought she won the first three rounds, and lost four mm-hmm. and five. People who thought Rose won thought Rose won uh, the fourth and the fifth. Obviously, I think the second is the round in contention of, of debate. I think most people, I think most people mm-hmm. though had, had Rose winning because I think most people had Rose winning the second round. And um, it's hard to win a fight, Mark, when you spent the last two rounds on your back not doing anything. It is tough sure. yeah, to yeah, do yeah. that. And I mean, Rose won the most convincing rounds. Like I, yeah. four and five, there was really no question. She, she I I came out of the thing uh, impressed. I thought Whaley made some good adjustments. Um, because I always got the impression from Whaley that she didn't give a fuck if she got hit in any of her previous fights, and I mm-hmm. felt she made some effort not to get hit in this one at least. Um, and I don't. I'm just gonna go ahead and give credit to Henry Cejudo as being a uh, pretty good coach over there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. She's training with him and Eric Albarracin down there in Arizona. I like. I liked what the changes they seem to have made to her. What'd you think? Yeah, it was a really good fight. It was very different from. Uh, you know, uh, Whaley's fight with Joanna. You know, I, I think this was a very fun, interesting fight, but a lot of it did take place on the ground. And I thought that was an area that we just haven't seen her in her grappling mode. And she did really well there. There was a lot of times where she had Rose in good positions, like she had her back a number of times. And, and that's also, you know, with a really good grappler, a high level grappler like Rose, um, she has that ability to scramble really well. And there's a couple of times where Wei Ling was able to hold her and control her. And there's a couple of times where she wasn't. And, you know, uh, Rose was able to do some some good work on the ground, even if she did give up position. Uh, but, yeah, I think that was the most interesting part of the fight for me was the the grappling um, 
moments of it, you know, striking wise, Rose was trying to stay on the outside, was doing a good job and Wailing, you know, was doing good stuff from the outside, using a lot of low kicks, but also, you know, able to get inside and land big shots when she needed to. And, you know, I think the stamina was there. There's a lot of good things uh, from both sides. And and overall, it was, you know, a really, you know, close fight, closely contested fight. But uh, I do think Rose won the fight. And then after, you know, watching breakdowns of it later, it, yeah, I mean, because four and five were so, so clearly hers. It was just uh, three rounds. And I think the first round, Wiggling definitely did enough. She landed more strikes and got a takedown. And Rose in the second round, you know, it looked like she got hurt with a punch, but it actually, it was like a headbutt instead. And then she did more in that round. She landed more uh, strikes and got um, the fight to the ground as well. So yeah, overall, it was just a really close, fun fight. And, you know, Rose put in the work and definitely in those last couple rounds solidified the victory for herself. That's kind of kind of what you want to see. You know, it's always weird if you win a decision, but you lost the last two rounds because it definitely seems like, you know, I've always liked the pride rules where you kind of project if the fight were to continue through, you know, unlimited rounds, who would ultimately win. Um, and Rose definitely looked like that in this fight. So I'm glad you got the nod. It was a fantastic fight. And, uh, you know, we saw good stuff on both sides. So I win. Uh, we were pretty critical of this booking. Um, and most of what we focused on was how um, Carla probably deserved a title shot. Most people, and by the way, I did appreciate Joe Rogan being like, there's no one out there for Rose to fight. And yeah, we're all just sitting there like, no, Carla's there. And then even Daniel Cormier is like, well, Marina Rodriguez, she hasn't beat her either. And I'm like, okay, at least that's somebody you're mentioning. J- Joe, it would be nice if you did a little bit of fucking work before you showed up. Yeah, that was a huge blind spot. I mean, Carla has because Marina had lost to Carla. Like Carla's yeah. on a run. She's clearly the number one contender. And there's a narrative there that, you know, Carla won the belt in its, you know, fruition when it first came to be by beating Rose. Shit wasn't close. You know, and now, yeah. And all these mm. years later, you know, she has, you know, Carla has upped her game enough to to get back in title contention and to kind of be snubbed. Um, you know, and, and look, you can just point their the finger at Joe, but it's like they have a booth of people telling them what to say and giving them facts. It's like someone sort of chummed in and be like, oh, no, 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 Carla. It, but it seems like the brass is not super sold on Carla. You know, Joe gets um, this. Which I think I, is, I'm starting to think Joe, has, Joe gets talking points. I'm honestly starting to believe Joe gets talking points. My opinion of Joe is not g- good these days. I'll be honest. Sure. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's not great. Um, I uh, We were critical of this matchup and we did mostly focus on Carla end of it, but the other end of it, it was it was like, what is, like, it was not necessary because Whaley is so good. We could do this again. And now we we blew it on two back-to-back fights. And with the second one being even closer, like, I get that you want a Chinese champion UFC, but what does she do now? Like, what is I she mean, going to I, do? I mean, I think you could have a trilogy fight at some point, but she'll, not immediately. I yeah. think she needs to win a couple more fights. Um, but I think this fight's you know, what was close and competitive enough that like, if they personally, if they do a third fight, I'm still going to be interested in it because this fight was no, so absolutely. good. It was so closely contested. Um, but I mean, I get your point. Like we don't see a lot of fighters in the UFC fight each other for two, three, and especially four times, you know, cause usually by a trilogy, someone kind of takes a W and that's kind of the, you know, the audience. Have we, got, have we gotten four? Have we ever gotten four? All four um, UFC too. I mean, yeah, I think we've there has been four with Quentin and Vanderlei. <laughs> we got one in the UFC, there's two in Pride, two, no, one in two, two in Pride, one in UFC, and then one in Bellator. I think yeah. right? Didn't they fight in Bellator? We were there. Um, 
That's yeah. why we, yeah. we, we literally went to see Quentin knock him out. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, it, it's just very. I they mean, need a, They need a, They need to break that tie, baby. It's two to two. <laughs> At heavyweight, <laughs> Fat Quentin's gonna do it, baby. <laughs> Well, I mean, um, out, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I think, like, five, you know, we'll see. Uh, next, <laughs> we we both think Carlos Bars is next. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's the, it, it's. And I, I think you know we were talking back and forth, or you were texting us about you know um, Dana saying you know th- these people shouldn't wait, but it's like you she earned it. Like, how much more does she have to do? I like, know, how long does she point? have to wait? Like, she yeah, fought I, like a month ago or whatever it was, maybe a month and a half ago. I don't know when she fought, but like it was like two weeks ago where he was complaining that Carla didn't take a fight. I'm like, well, this fight's right now just wait yeah like, it's fine it's like yeah you have to understand like oh like yeah these competitors they should want to like hold their number one spot but it's like once you get at that spot you want to have your title shot you don't want to have to basically be an interim championship defending your number one status against you know all these people when you have kind of already solidified yourself so it's just kind of I like mean, either the wins and losses matter or they don't ultimately yeah. they have yeah. to matter on some level we're like if we're just if we're just trying to book shit for the sake of like entertainment Mm-hmm. okay that's fine just let me know like that's fine like yeah. let's just dump the belts let's just, we, we just can dump the belts the fuck these losses. rankings yeah. let's just mm-hmm. no i mean tell me the wins and losses but whatever you know if you think it'd be fun for a 15 and 2 guy to face a you know 3 and 12 guy i think it'd be fun too. watch a man get his head taken off his shoulders maybe like but anyway um yeah i didn't i mean look dana white come on bro it's like, I, I do you not. I'm waiting for the question to be like the next time Dana White says something like this, just like so they asked for money, right? Dana, was that it? They asked for money, or like or something like you know, doesn't like, think Carla. I mean, no one has the balls to ask him a fucking sell. question either. No one has the balls to ask the real questions when they're up there, and I get it. Look, well, you get well, banished well, yeah, into the fucking, like, you know. Yeah, you do know. you want to cover the sport or do you want to be ostracized from like you know the, the major you know fighting organization? I mean, not everybody but, can be li- not everybody can be Luke and Ariel and just not go to events and still be you know relevant. Sure, yeah, but anyway. Um, the next fight, um, cause they, the mm-hmm. next fight wasn't Gaethje and Chandler. Cause they, I like when they, they announced they're mm-hmm. open to show with that. That's some AEW shit that AEW does. We're like, we're starting well, the show with Kenny Omega. And they're like, we're starting the show with Gaethje and Chandler. Well, like, I think it's logistics. I, I think when you have a coach like Trevor Whitman, he's coaching like the three, top in a row. three guys. Like it's literally like he doesn't have time to go back and forth and do pads with everyone and stuff. So yeah, when I, when I first heard that, I was like, that's really weird. Like, I mean, it's cool, I guess, but like, I don't know why they don't line it up. And then I thought like, oh, it's cause well, if that's why coaching sure. three people, I mean, I think that makes I mean, I, I did like the like idea of putting a banger on first, though. I did like that idea. Yeah, but, no, I thought but, that, and I thought it was great. They they really opened the show and you know made the everyone in attendance show up, so that's kind of fun. So yeah. Um. All right. So with the other fight, the next fight down, I believe was mm-hmm. Chito Vera and Frankie mm-hmm. Edgar. You know how much like people like Frankie Edgar when like even Chito is kind of a prick. Afterwards, felt apologized mm-hmm. for the middle finger thing. He's yeah, like, hey, man, I'm sorry. Weird, but... And he apologized. He didn't like that people were passing the photo around of Frankie getting knocked out. And Chino's a real passionate guy. You can tell when he's in the cage. Like, he really gets mm-hmm. fucking angry. I mean, whatever. Like, whatever. He got front kicked. He got knocked out in the third round. Let's just talk about what needs to be talked about here. Um, is He he should not. He doesn't need to do this anymore, right? Like, like what, why, Frankie doesn't need to do this at all anymore. And I think when we're at the point, it's one thing to lose to guys. Where we know if this was four years ago, he would have ran circles over Chito Vera, you know, older, I mean, maybe five, four years ago, five years ago. It's another to take a lot of damage when, you know, late in your career, too. And I don't want to begrudge a man from getting paid a lot of money, I'm sure. But he can't fight people like this anymore, Mark. It's, he's yeah, taking a I lot mean, of abuse. 
I'm sure what's going to be conflicting for him or difficult for him to hang it up is that he did good in this fight. Like he, oh, yeah. he, he was, he was potentially on, on route to winning a decision. Um, come that third round though, like you can just tell he didn't have the same snap that uh, Vera did. You know, Vera was a lot more fresher and confident too. You know, Frankie to win those first two rounds had to really put in a lot of work. Like dude was throwing hands, throwing a lot of combinations, working his wrestling game, getting him down, controlling him on the ground. Like he had to work to get those two rounds and come the third, you can definitely tell, you know, he had lost a step and Vera still had a lot of gunpowder left and was able to, you know, hit him with the hard shots to get him out of there. Um, but yeah, I think really what it is, is, you know, especially at bantamweight, um, it's a lighter weight class, but I, I have to imagine with the cut, he just can't take the shots like he used to, you know, when you look at 155 championship run, Frankie Edgar, like he was taking shots from Gray Maynard and, you know, bouncing right back. You Literally know, and, 10 years ago too. Yeah. A long time ago. <laughs> and when he wasn't cutting weight, right. So like he had a lot of fluid in that and that noggin of him to, to get, you know, beat around now. And now, you know, at his age, you know, cutting down to 135, I just don't think his his head can take these kind of big shots and and sustain and survive and fight on. So we're seeing him, you know, at this high level, just not be able to to perform as well as he used to, and then not be able to take the shots to, you know, survive and win the matches that. You I mean, know, they've clearly, been, I think they've been know, bad knockouts too. Apologies, yeah, for they have. Like, they've been yeah, like it's like been the, a lot of knockouts. The Ortega one was bad. The zombie one was mm. bad. The Sandhagen one. Sandhagen looked like he was gonna cry for what he did to Edgar. Um, yeah, and a flying like, knee here. And you know what? All these names, though, are fucking so. top five to seven killers, though. Like, if you want to send him out there with Dominic, how have we not booked Frankie versus Dominic? I mean, yeah, they mentioned that in the booth as well. Yeah, like, what? Like that sounds like a fun one, you know? If they want to book stuff like that for Frankie, like, okay. And I know I Dana think... White Dana White has a real affinity for him. He really likes him and mm-hmm. thinks highly of him and always talks. And nobody dislikes Frankie Edgar. I talked about it at the beginning here. And I was thinking about his championship run today. And it's kind of insane, man. He was two weight classes up. He beat the greatest lightweight ever when he beat. I know BJ Penn now is crazy and running for governor of Hawaii, but at the time BJ was coming off of like murdering Diego Sanchez. Like mm-hmm. Diego BJ was on another planet. It's not like than everybody else in that weight class. He beat him twice. Went through those wars with Maynard while being while weighing 155 pounds. Like he was cutting zero weight, and the fact that he did that is insane. And then he was a contender at 45. Like, he has nothing to prove. He has been a Hall of Famer, a legend for a long time. So if he wants to have some fun and get paid, and the UFC will acquiesce to that, sure. But if they're going to send you out there with some young killer next, like, we got to rethink what's going on. I think that's the problem with bantamweight. I mean, outside of Cruz, there's just not a lot of legacy fighters that he could compete against. It's all young kids coming up that are hungry and and ready to to take his scalp. Um, So, yeah, I think think Cruz has a fight coming up so you know maybe if that doesn't go well for him i think he does i think it's like next week or on the pay-per-view the next oh, okay. pay-per-view, i think he's he's fighting so but outside of him it's like you know there's not a miguel torres still out there for him to you know grab we, we blew the uriah fight too soon we blew the, the yeah, uriah that, was like four that, years ago <laughs> that fight at the time was apropos it was it was the right time for that yeah. fight because they're on the they're on their way out but yeah i mean all we've seen is Frankie competing against, you know, t- top level guys and him not being able to. So you know, it's like, what's Jimmy Miller up doing to? that? Let's get Jim mm-hmm. Miller and Frankie together. Let's get Frankie back on a 55, him and Jimmy Miller sure. do it in Jersey main event of fight night. They'll be, they'll be good for everybody. I'm just yeah. saying, but, but I think, I think the, you know, the road is closing for Frankie. Yo, did you, I think one or two more and he, I'm, really, I think one more maybe, and then he should call it a wrap. Did you, uh, 
since we're talking about Frankie and he has a he has scumbag manager mm-hmm. Ali as his manager. Um, sure. Did you hear the news with from Ali this week? Uh, he slapped Dylan Dennis. Yeah, Dylan Dennis or? is taking losses everywhere. Choked out by a bouncer, slapped by a manager, mocked everywhere. And Ariel was making fun of him to his face on the show. Like, what? Uh, does this kid fight? Honest question: Does he fight? Well, I mean, he's in Bellator. I haven't been keeping track of him though. Sorry. Like, like he should fight. That. Like he's got thrown out of I mean, Marcelo Garcia. He got thrown out of Marcelo. I know he could have fought last week, and I wouldn't know because I don't keep my finger yeah, on. Yeah, he that got pulse, thrown out but... of uh, Marcelo Garcia's gym. I remember for being a twat. It's not a good look. Anyway, um, Shane Burgos, Billy Quarantillo. Billy's just tough, man, because he was taking some abuse in this fight. <laughs> um, yeah, this was a fantastic fight. That was like. It's uh, I mean, you it was a come down from the game. Yeah, exactly. Fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like a- after the Gaethje Chandler fight, you know, you couldn't have another fight that roused the crowd because they're just so spent. And, and even here at towards the end of the fight, the crowd started getting into it because like it was a really, you know, it, like you're saying, Billy's a tough guy and Shane Bargos was just putting it on him. But Billy just like would not stop coming forward. It was a fantastic fight, a really you know, grind fight, but uh, yeah, probably just overshadowed with what happened before. I, I think we were fair when we said we didn't pick the fight because we're like, we know like Shane's going to be good. Shane's exciting fighter. Y- yeah, we weren't familiar enough with Billy to have a next time I will conversation. be. Next yeah, time I know yeah, Billy's I mean, tough as nails. Reference here, so. Um. All right, let's talk about what is. I know it's recency bias, but fight of the year, mm-hmm. probably like, um, Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler, beat the fuck out of each other. For 15 minutes, I thought there was times where I thought Gaethje was getting knocked out. Um, there was times where I was pretty sure Chandler was getting knocked out. Um, I don't think there was a 10-8 in that one either. Maybe. It was the you first know, round. Where he, was it the first or second round where Chandler looked fucked? Um, I don't know what to say besides these be guys. Dropped. I mean, what if, I mean, we, I remember we had the joke where we said our fight of the year should just like, we should have a separate category for Justin Gaethje. Mm. Um, it's like... I don't know what to say about this. This was incredible. These guys, I don't know how they can have too many of these. Um, Michael Chandler's fighting a wild style, man. And, like, I mean, he always, he has been in recent years, too. And he's had some wars with, like, Eddie Alvarez. And that shit was 10 years ago, the first one, actually. Um, But, like, he's gone to the UFC and, like, he blitzed Hooker. Then he got into that crazy scrap with Oliveira. And then he had this here. Like, whew. I mean, he's just biting down the mouth guard and going. Um, what do we say about this besides Justin Gaethje's the number one contender? <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- this fight being as excellent as it was was not really that surprising even to, you know, new fans for Michael Chandler because what he's shown in the UFC is what we've known of him to to be able to do, you know, in the in the cage. You know, he had a lot of classic warriors in Bellator, like you mentioned with Eddie Alvarez, but also we saw him have a fantastic fight with Ben Henderson great fights with the Pitbull brothers. And these are those type of fights, you know, Michael Chandler is a fun action fighter. And so is Justin Gaethje and Gaethje has been able to prove that time and time again, you know, there's been lots of fights with him, even on losing ends where it's just like, yeah, him and Alvarez should be fire. Him and Poirier should be fire. Him and Michael Chandler should be fire. And they all live up to the hype. You know, you look at what they've been able to do at the highlight reel and say like, Oh yeah, these two guys, should have a great fight. And, you know, sometimes that doesn't happen. You know, we, we've seen good matchups, like especially Melendez and uh, Eddie Alvarez, I thought would be a barn burner and it really didn't turn out to be, but Justin Gaethje has proven that like this guy's must see. And if you 
slot him up with someone who's going to be able to hang with him and throw down with him, you're going to have, you know, fight of the year candidate for sure. And that's what we got. So nine fights in the UFC. He's got 10, right? Uh, Rewards. 10 rewards. He only has one fight where he didn't, there was no reward. It's when Khabib, Khabib him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that was his only not super exciting fight, honestly. And it honestly wasn't that boring either because Khabib just beat the crap out of him. <laughs> right, it was exciting to see if Khabib, you know, how Khabib was going to roll I am, with that, but he steamrolled him. I am excited for the prospect of him and Justin Dustin Poirier doing it again, brother. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah. was a lot of fun last time. A lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And that was before just, that was actually the fight that afterwards you could tell Justin kind of like, not that he's at all cautious now, but like he's less of like, a wild man. It sounded like he like that was the, like after that fight when he knocked out James Vick and Barboza and Cerrone. Mm-hmm. He kind of fine tuned it. I'm interested in that verdant version of him taking on what the new version of just of Dustin Poirier is actually too. Like mm-hmm. Poirier's gotten much better, but idea of him and Oliveira sounds like a fucking great time too. Like, yeah, I I love what's I love what's happening here, man. I'm so mm-hmm. into this. Like, and they're throwing down next. Is it next month? The next paper is it? It's is the next pay per view, so I think it's yeah, early December, mid December. So yeah, I think yeah, soon. It's, it's UFC two sixty two sixty nine, which yeah, that's right. Um, I'm just gonna help. I'm just hanging out to this thing with this thing all the way to get to three six nine. That's what I want. That's that's the paper. Okay. <laughs> so they can license little John three six nine. Or was it? Damn, you're fine. Suck it to me one more time. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, yeah. Co-ma- that is the main event. Co-main event, Amanda Nunes and Pena, Leon and Masvidal. Mm-hmm. It's a banger of a card, that one, too. I'm digging. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about it. I'm a big fan of how they're doing the pay-per-views. These fight nights suck. Um, but yeah. I, I mean, like that these pay-per-views sacrifice. are just. We, we sacrifice three cards to the gods to, to get one. And this was a uh, fight of the night, obviously. And they gave out mm-hmm. four performance bonuses on top of that rather than the normal two. Right. Uh, uh, Marlon. They, they gave it to Cheeto. Um... They're gonna. They give it to. We're gonna talk about him in a second. Alex Pereira, um, then Bobby Green, and then um, the Huggy Bear himself, Chris Barnett. So mm-hmm. that's some life changing money for these guys, man. That's good. Um, number one contender though, and Chandler. Man, it doesn't matter who you book. Lightweight doesn't matter who you book, match up. They're all good. Give me anybody I mean, in that this, top ten. This is kind of what I mean. I don't think Chandler like needed this fight, but this solidifies him you know he's only had two performances i think he's garnered a a large fan base i think the ufc fans that didn't really know who he was from bellator quickly you know caught on with this guy and now with this third fight you can easily like yeah this guy is this guy's money like this guy is pay-per-view worthy i should be putting money down to watch him fight because his fights are that exciting he's had three fights you know he's one and two in the ufc not great but as a fucking fan i'm ecstatic you know it could be three and oh and i'd be just as a is you know interesting to see him fight as i am right now because all of his fights have just been you know fantastic you know the hooker fight was short and sweet but the other ones were back you know the Oliveira fight he he was so close to winning and then you know he gave it up and the fight with justin was an instant classic you know, I, so. I said i said i didn't know if we were seeing the best version of him you know because of all but i mean might still be mm-hmm. i could be wrong um give me chandler i'm looking at the top 10 here Oh, it, a lot of good Ferguson's. Fights. I'm looking at like Dosanio's a six. That's fine. Um, Ferguson is seven. I know Ferguson and Nate are circling each other, and UFC's mm-hmm. trying to sacrifice Nate to uh, what's his name? Darush uh, and Chandler's kind of fun. Jan- too. That's fine. I'm thinking like uh, give me somebody more like I, I like Gillespie at ten too. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's not bad either. Two wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And, you know, I think it's a good test for Gillespie, too. It's time to get that man oh, some for you sure. know, push. I mean, if he uh, get, winning over Chandler would really bring him up quite a bit. So that, that, there's a lot of because he's fresh blood in, in a the most talent rich pool in the UFC. Like there's a lot of fun matchups to make with Chandler um, and the guys on the top. I'd still like to see him fight. Poirier, if they you know find their way you know in the octagon together, there's just yeah, a lot let's, of fun I'll stuff. give him something a little bit more top ten ish, but I'm hoping more like less of a coin. He needs a win. Yeah, he needs get, a, get, a, get, a, get a to get a W because, like I said, he's one and two, which isn't great. Yeah, they've been all great fights, but yeah, he needs to kind of solidify himself as a top contender here, so he needs a W for sure. Um, Alex Pereira, um, mm-hmm. my man is former Glory light heavyweight champion and Glory middleweight champion. Mm-hmm. Got yeah. knockout wins over. God damn, sorry guys. Um got knockout wins over Izzy's. Izzy is really the one that matters. Um he knocked out Izzy. Um I guess uh what we say besides the man hit a hit a fucking bicycle knee. And uh his opponent was trying to avoid that shit like the plague. Yeah, I mean it, it showed some adversity to grappling. You know, he he got a lot of takedown attempts attempted on him a lot of work in the clinch you know um his opponent was really trying to wear down the tank was was fighting a smart game plan with someone against like alex you know you don't want to you don't want to spend any time in free range with this guy where he's going to be able to setting up strikes so yeah utilizing a game where you're largely just clinching or working the ground whatever you can do to tie up that guy's limbs and hopefully get him tired you know is your best avenue for uh you know success here but you know come the second round when they got back in free range and he was able to, you know, work the distance, a flying knee, landed pretty quickly in a fantastic, you know, first performance. We'll have to see how he fares yeah, I, against, you know, tough competition. I wonder if he's here. Outing. I wonder if he's here really for long-term booking with Izzy. Like, it, it, for it a guy who, like, you know, road, right? like, he, he didn't might fight. need to win a couple, and they sell it on, this guy knocked out Izzy, and they have footage of that. It was a bad knockout. Izzy was knocked he went the stiff fuck as a board. out. He was stiff. You know yeah. what, man? I hope people watch that and think, man, I should watch a fucking kickboxing. It's a part of fighting. Sure, like. that, that'd be nice, too. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, because he, he didn't, he had three MMA fights, and then didn't fight for, like, five years, mm-hmm. and four years, and then he came back mm-hmm. in November and fought a gentleman in um, an LFA, which, if you fight in LFA, that means you're trying to get ready for the UFC. Got a knockout win there in the first round. And then uh, he fought kickboxing two months ago. Is that true? He was in a glory yeah, fight two months ago where he lost his light heavyweight championship yeah, in a majority yeah. decision. And now two months later, he's in the UFC. We'll see. I think Izzy said he was impressed. You know, it was clear that, like, the other guy just didn't want to kickbox with him. But what's he going to say? You know, yeah. What was the guy who um who was in the UFC uh, who beat Connor in in um? Oh yeah, he was good Irish too. Guy. I liked yeah. him. What happened to him? Yeah, he just didn't really. He just didn't cut it. You know, he he lost too many. I can't remember his name. I, I, yeah, honestly, really I don't blanking. think he even lost that many. I think as much as like I don't think he lost so many that it was like I think it was his contract just ran up too. Sure. Yeah. Um, Duffy. There it is. Yes. Joe Duffy. Joe Duffy. Yes, that was the guy. Yeah, I wonder if it's one of those things where like, oh, he's got a we've got a win over him early mm-hmm. in his career. Yeah, so. if they if he can work his way up, that's an easy matchup to make. I mean, look, he's four and one. Like he has some work to do, but it was a good good outing. Let's, let's get him, you know, a couple guys who are a little bit better. Um all right, um picking up the pace here. Bobby Green is bad motherfucker. Yeah. Knocked out Al Al Quinto in two and a half minutes. I think Al's a very good fighter. He's very uh he doesn't fight a lot. So it's hard to get any momentum with him, but that was a really that was the best one Bobby Green's had. I don't. I mean, I'm trying to think the last time Bobby Green beat anybody that good, Mark. 
Right, yeah, I mean, I, I guess we, you know, because we were talking about it last week, we both picked Al. The line was heavily in Bobby's favor. We couldn't really figure why because Bobby just had two back-to-back losses. But I guess they, they mentioned it in the booth. Like, I, his 2020 was really good. I think he had three in a row during the pandemic and kind of made a name for himself. And Al hasn't fought in, in two years. He didn't fight at all during the pandemic. So he looked a little green. He looked a little rusty. And, you know, stylistically, this should have been a match where Al should have been able to, you know, be fairly successful. But Bobby wasn't having any of it. He was didn't have any of the ring rust and, you know, was landing his shots consistently. And when Al was, you know, shooting in on a double, he ate a good one, two. And the, you know, not even from like it was like basically from Southpaw. They kept calling it a one, two, but it was a two, one. But the way Bobby was actually centered up, he wasn't really in either stance. He's like an open stance. And yeah, just do some hard shots and Al you, didn't survive. That was so. the you know was the last time Bobby got a knockout. Yeah, he's mostly a decision guys. It's probably been five years, maybe. 2013. It, it was the that was the eighth year anniversary of him last getting a knockout. Exactly. He be, you know he didn't knock out Josh. It was a split decision. He he beat James Krause with a body kick at Fight for the Troops three mm. in 2013. Mm. He's I mean I, we all love Bobby Green and you know what Bobby Green could use the 50 grand. But yeah, he had a, he had a good twenty twenty. Then he lost two fights to people who mm-hmm. anyway yeah, not guys on our radar. But. I'd like to see Al fight more. I realize he's in a constant state of arguing with this shitty promotion to you know mm-hmm. do stuff. But now he's lost three or four. Yeah, he's he doesn't. have... I, you know what? If if Al got cut, I think Al would be great in Bellator too. I think sure. it'd be a, it'd yeah, be an instant name, pickup, yeah. instant pickup in Bellator. Who's their? I mean, him against um. They have a new lightweight champion. Brothers just well in the, the belt. The, well, yeah, the the old the lesser Pitbull brothers a champion. I would have yeah, rather yeah. see. I'd rather see him against the better Pitbull brother, personally. Sure. Um, also on this card, um, you want to talk about oh, Cl- Chris Curtis was getting his ass kicked. Yes. Before, yeah, it was not going well. And Phil Hawes no. was tuning him up, yeah. and then he clip. What did he clip him with? I that, don't even remember. I kind of was zoning out of this. Yeah. Thing, but it was. It was. Phil was just doing really great work. Um. Yeah, and Curtis caught him with a big shot. I can't even remember. Yeah, I don't remember the setup yeah. or what it was exactly, but kind of. Come out of nowhere, a uh, victory for him. But so, Phil yeah, looked great. Fun. I think I, I mean Phil Haas is a Muay Thai fighter. He was on a eight fight win streak. He'll be back. Mm-hmm. He's coming yeah. off the contender series. You, you got eleven wins, seven knockouts, two submissions. He'll be back. He's only thirty two. Plenty of time for him. I don't like what they're doing to Sh- with Shabazian. I knew that this was not set up for him to be successful when they make you fight a twenty five year old Dagestani. Um, we he's twenty he's twenty three years old now, Mark. We got to get this kid some fights that like. I was listening to the co-main event podcast and they compared it to Aaron Pico. Like we we've got to pump the brakes here and let's go back to square one and get some W's like of what your actual sure. level of talent is. Like, yeah, I mean you know. this was a tough challenge, but he's had you know higher competition before, so it is trying to find that level and it is it does seem like it's even lower than what we were thinking before because it seemed like a winnable fight for him. But it's weird because he's got a win over but Tavares, he got a win over Marshman. Mm-hmm. Those are two very good fighters in my opinion. Brad sure, especially. Yeah. But we got a – he's 23. We all need to calm down. Maybe send him a brochure for Greg Jackson's gym or mm. King's MMA. What's – King's is in L.A., right? What's in L.A.? Let's send him – let's send him – let's send him to Cordero. Come on. Let's let's get him out of – you know, maybe you maybe you only see Edmund on weekends. You know, maybe we get him a manager that isn't Ronda Rousey. You know, whatever he's got going on in his life. Um, Ian Gary? Yeah. He says we're going to take over again. <laughs> the Irish yeah, over again. I, I would recommend watching this fight. Um, it was a good one. Uh, Jordan Williams uh, 100% looks like one of your island boys. He has that hairdo and the tats to match. 
Um, but Ian Gary, you know, leading up to the fight, they were basically saying like, yeah, this is a, um, the welterweight, the former welterweight champion of Bobby, I'm blanking on the name that, uh, McGregor came from. Was that cage warriors called? Yeah. Cage warriors, um, former cage warrior champion undefeated. Um, they're talking a lot of hype on him and, you know, uh, Jordan Williams was able to put on a fairly difficult showing for him. They were both lengthy guys. Ian was trying to find his distance and was, you know, getting caught from Jordan. But when he was able to finally kind of sit in the pocket and he nailed him with a beautiful counter right, um, basically hit him with three counter rights, like just one after another. Uh, fantastic performance. And then another guy who just like owned the mic, you know, he gave homage to uh, Connor, um, but really just has enough charisma where it's like, yeah, if this guy can keep winning and putting on performances like this, like there's a star in the making and he's definitely talking the talk. And, in th- and this fight backed it up, even though, you know, he was pushed a little bit. This was not a cakewalk for him. Jordan Williams was catching him with some good strikes that he wasn't really. And he even said after the fact, like, for the first time in a long time, I was feeling the butterflies because, like, I'm getting tagged in the UFC and things weren't going his way. But he was able to make those corrections and, uh, you know, get the knockout in the first round. So I definitely it, he it put him on my radar. So I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye out for uh, Gary coming forward. Yeah. Um Speaking of the UK MMA scene, I like to show Patty in the crowd. I do like uh, Patty when he's not in fight camp. Gets a little bloated, uh, a little chubby there. Uh, it kind of looks like a chubby Owen Hart, quite frankly, at times to me. Sure. Um, they showed him in the crowd. I like they. Who else was in? They showed some people in there. Um, it's a real star-studded event for the UFC, and I do like when they show the celebrities. Nobody cheers, but they show the UFC fighters. Everybody cheers because the fight crowd's like, "Fuck you." I know. Show me Michael Bisping in the crowd. Um, Chris Barnett. I've never related to a fighter more, Mark. He's five foot nine. He's two hundred sixty-three pounds. He came out dancing, and does not just like. I mean, he gave it everything he had in those dance moves. I think it affected his cardio, quite frankly. Um, Went out there, hit retiring, chubby John Volante with a fucking wheel kick. Um, finished him with strikes, then did a front flip butt sent on. I mean, talk about the man. Let's give him his flowers, Mark. <laughs> that was great. Well, yeah, we, we, you know, last week when we were breaking down the card and, you know, we were kind of giving our wrap up, I, I spotted, cause I, I know you're, you were familiar with Chris Barnett, but I was familiar with Chris Barnett for a, a while and had been kind of anticipating, you know, him coming to the UFC because he's such a charismatic and, and fun fighter to watch. You know, I've definitely been keeping an eye out. So, you know, a couple months ago when he was fighting Ben, you know, out of like eight days notice, I was like, oh, shit, like he, this is the guy I've been watching at a one FC, not one FC. What was it, Bobby? I always fuck up the South Korean road, uh, road, that road, road FC, this road FC heavyweight that I, you know, found on randomly on YouTube or whatever and really grown a liking to him. And, and the Ben fight was a tough fight for him. It was his, his UFC. Ben debut. is like really, six ten. Like yeah, what kind of map really didn't what, get to show yeah. his style that makes him so interesting. So when we were looking at the fights and, and I saw uh, John was fighting him, I was like, oh, this is one. This is more of the caliber of fighter I think he should be facing. Right. Like I think Ben was a, a tough ask for his first come out, you know, showing in the UFC. So on paper, this seemed like it was going to be a fun one. Um, how he finished the fight is stuff we've seen him do at, at Road FC. It's kind of what made him such a big star is like he'll throw spinning kicks to the body which he did before landing this big one to the head and doing roundhouse you know 360 kicks like this is kind of the stuff he's known for and kind of made him popular he's like yeah he's 
he's one extremely charismatic and fun loving and loves to dance and, you know, kind of make a, a, a now I want to say a fool of himself, but just have fun at, you know, at, you know, out there, you know, dancing around and stuff, but also can throw some kind of crazy fun stuff and makes him a fun fighter. So to have him go out there and fight John, who, I mean, honestly, Bob, you, you couldn't look at John Volante and just question like, what happened here, dude? Like I get, I understood once I saw them fighting, why this is John's last fight, you know, nothing against the guy. I think, his mind's elsewhere outside of the fight game. But, you know, this is a guy that used to fight at 205 and was pretty cut. You know, he was a big athletic guy. I mean, and it seemed like this man have a fight left on his contract. And he's like, can I that, just go out there and do this, guys? That's like, what it seemed like. Because he, he, he came in very heavy. Very, was it like 250, heavy. 250? And, it's, and, and I think even Joe said, like, you know, just saying he's heavy or big is like is being the kind but not accurate. He got he was fat. He yeah. was carrying a lot of belly weight. Um. So I think that made it all the easier for Chris Barnett to have this type of performance. But I'm still ecstatic that this guy who honestly, like, I I like Chris Barnett. He's such a fun guy. I'm glad he's getting the shine because, like, skill-wise, I don't know how far he's going to go. This this man is built for pro wrestling. I'm surprised he's doing this. I'll be honest. Uh, And I think, you know, (laughs) he seems built for wrestling. (laughs) Yeah, listen to his his post-fight. I think he is, too. He's like, oh, you know, this fat man fun front flip might become like my wrestling move or my, you know, a signature move or something. So I was like, yeah, this guy, he's an entertainer. So like you said, at the beginning of the show, I don't think you should just be betting on this guy willy nilly. I don't think we're going to be seeing these same type of performances going forward. I hope we do. I hope he's successful and he can fight the, you know, fight guys of this caliber and do these flashy moves and have these flashy finishes. Cause I want him to be a star, but he's getting his shine right now. You know, if he can have another performance like that, in his career, I think it'd be amazing. I think it'd be asking a lot at this higher level of competition. But um, it was really fun. You know, I was excited to see him. And it was just heartwarming to see him have the performance that he did and have the knockout that he did. And he's going to get shined. You know, at the end of the year, he's definitely going to get nominated, if not win, knockout of the year. Because it was just so amazing for a guy his stature with, you know, his height and weight to be able to do a move like that and finish the fight was, you know, very fun. And that's where I came in on this uh, event and basically watched the rest of the card off of it. And it was just, it was top notch MMA action from, from that fight forward. So I was super happy, you know, with the pay-per-view. I, I usually don't stick around for events, especially live. Cause that gets really dreadful. Um, but the fights made up for, you know, the commercial breaks and all the other. I liked him. I liked him, I liked him giving, I liked Barnett giving the mic to Volante. That was, yeah, nice I think that was the, the accurate thing to do for a guy that, you know, I mean, we'll be realistic here, if not a little critical. He's a journeyman. You know, he never made it into title contention. It was really he, he was the guy to shows. You know, what's interesting, Mark. He was the one that was viewed as like the like the prospect of the mm-hmm. wide of the yeah. of the um Sarah Longo mm-hmm. camp, and Weidman was just like his buddy, and like Weidman yeah. became the man. Like yeah. that was yeah. in Strike Force. I think there was a lot going behind John Vellante as being somewhat of a contender and a rising star and. You know, he really never I mean, rose to those heights, but he still, you know, he, he, he was, and I don't say journeyman, you know, negatively, like this was a guy that went out there often and frequently fought top competition and always gave it his all. So that's why it was, you know, I was a little critical when you saw him at heavyweight looking as out of shape as like, this is just not the same guy that we've seen before, but they still had a fun fight. And at the end of the day, you know, he's moving yeah, on guess, to was it 17 UFC fights. That's a successful career. Like that. And I don't know if that yeah. was counting strike force stuff too. You know, oh, no, strike, that's strike force. Banner, another, but... another five in strike mm-hmm. force. That's a successful, you get 20 fights in the two yeah. biggest MMA organizations. And he's, I think the, they said like he's coaching football now and he has a kid, like his life's moving in a different direction. You can't, 
you can't do this sport forever. You know, few guys can, you know, did you, did you hear what, uh, 35, what Barnett mm-hmm. said, where he was like, he tries to look for reasons to hate his opponents. So he does research online and he couldn't find mm-hmm. one bad thing to say about Volante. And he said he was messaging with Volante's players. And like he said, one of the players told him, can you knock the, my coach out? I don't want to run laps or something. <laughs> <That's cute. laughs> um, UFC 268 in the books. There was other fights yeah. too, but we didn't pay attention to those. Yeah. I thought, just, broken I, thought Justin, I thought Justin and Jacoby was in glory still, but we're 50 minutes into this podcast. So um, let's keep going. The UFC's back next week. We're going to preview this Max Holloway Yair fight real quick. Um, quite frankly, the MMA portion of this call of this uh, show is ending in the next three minutes. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Um, yeah, pump it up. We got a uh, little bit of news. John Jones is looking for a new team. He got booted matter. from his gym, so he's got. I mean, he said he, he said he's not going back. He won't go back. He said, "Yeah, because right now right. he's thrown out." Look, I, I he's got there's he, lots of gyms that will love to have him. So he's should he's got to get his stuff together, man. We say this a lot, but is he, he he got a real loss in a fight. I really think that would have helped at some point. Man didn't lose. I don't disagree. Yeah, um, if he got his ass kicked and lost, it might have changed. There's a couple moments his life. when when he didn't like train for Gustafson the first fight. If Gustafson had gotten that win, you know, or like mm-hmm. one of those Cormier sure. fights, or like fucking Dominic Reyes who almost who arguably won the first three rounds of that fight, you know, won at least the first two. That's another one. There's a couple moments here. Um, I don't know. He wants if he if he, was, if he doesn't want to move from New Mexico, but I think he's only in New Mexico because of uh, Jackson Wink. I mean, he's definitely... You want to you want to go somewhere that they let you own guns? I'm not just saying that as like he's like because of his problems. The man likes firearms, and that's fine. But you probably should maybe move. I don't know. What's go to train at? Uh, what's Robert Fallis in in Nevada? That's a place. Um, that, I mean, he's financially well enough. He doesn't need to go to another camp to get yeah, training. He, needs he doesn't. I mean, but he, he can he can have his own camps, right? Yeah. He, he is financially stable enough to be like, I'm going to build my own camp. And Brock Lesnar style? To train him, yeah. I mean, I think that's what people at the highest level do. You're not going – I mean, it's interesting that so many guys are at American Top Team where it's like, oh, yeah, these champions are just rolling with all the other – you know, at the highest level, these guys usually build their own camps and don't have to work with everyone else necessarily. But, you know, that there's different teams that do it differently. Like, like I think he's got know, like – a Mayweather person is now like one of his advisors or something, maybe because I know Malky said he's gone okay. too. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, get some people together. Let's uh, sure he'll figure it out. Get some, I mean, see where he goes. Let's get this man a fight, though. Let's figure that out. UFC. Um, we mentioned Carla getting screwed uh, already. That was some other news because we both think it's going to happen. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. um, Roxanne Montaferi, her next fight. Her last fight. Yeah, fair. Happy trails. Um, she kind of hit her... T- Not that she ever was like a contender, really. Though I feel she fought for the UFC title recently. That was a she. Mm-hmm. She did, yeah. But uh, she, it seemed like she really made some improvements when she joined uh, the MMA... It was a syndicate? Yeah. In, uh, yeah Vegas okay. with... Uh, mm-hmm. That's Robert Fallis, isn't it? That's Robert, Robert Fallis. That's the one like JoJo's there, too. Yeah. I think it's Robert Fallis. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Right. I'm not sure. Somebody, uh, but, I don't know. Um, anyway, that's the MMA news. Let's make our pick for this weekend. Max Holloway sure. and Yair Rodriguez. Look, I think this card probably could have used the, uh, the Huggy Bear in the co-main event or something. Maybe a little bit more juice on this card because whew, it sucks. Um, the betting line, Marcus? Oh, I'm supposed to have the betting line. <laughs> oh, I thought I put in the oh, – I have it, actually. It's in the thing. Minus 650 uh, to, for Max, plus 450. 
for plus 460 for a year. Quick reminder, people don't understand how betting works. Minus 650. Minus means he's the favorite. And the number next to it is the amount of money you would have to bet to win $100. Meaning you have to bet $650 to win $100 on max. Um, plus 450, plus indicating the underdog. The number next to it indicating how much you would win on a $100 bet. Meaning if you bet $100, you would win 460 against that year. This is a giant line. Max is a huge favorite. Um, kind of understandable, Mark, quite frankly, given um, Max broke like a bunch of UFC records beating Calvin Cater's ass up and down the fucking octagon back in January. It's mm-hmm. weird that he hasn't fought in 10 months. I wonder what's happening there. Um, oh, this was what's happened in July. Um, so he got hurt. So anyway, they kept the matchup together. Um, he's the he's a six to one favorite. He's the former champion. Some people thought he won the second fight. I'm one of them with you, Volk. I don't know what we need to do to get a third one, but Max is going to beat everybody else in this weight class. No one can beat him. Nobody in this weight class can beat him. I don't know if I don't I don't pick Volkanovski in the third fight. Personally, as good as Volkanovski is, I thought Max beat him in the second one. So. Um, I'm taking, I mean, Yair's game. This is going to be a war. Yair's going to take a lot of damage before he goes down. He's not going to give up easy, but I think fourth, fifth round, he's going to be done. So, Max, who do you got? Yeah, no, I'm with you as well. I think Yair is, you know, we've seen him in tough fights, you know, pull it out. Um, It's going to be very difficult to do that with Max. You know, Max is right up there, you know, number one contender, the best at the division, you know, if, how you do, you judge that last fight with uh, Volkanovski and, you know, his fights after that. And uh, before that, he has really solidified himself as one of the best 145ers. And yeah, year has, you know, made a claim and name for himself, you know, getting really good performances. Obviously the fight with zombie wasn't going his way for the vast majority of it, but he pulled, you know, he pulled it out at the last minute. So yeah, the smart money's on max. I don't see a year um, pulling this one off, but it's going to be, you know, on paper, it should be a very competitive, very, active fun fight um and you know in, in this sport you really never know and with athletes you know at this high level um yeah you could pull it off but i do also understand but also confused by the line that is a big line you know six to one favorite is like i thought massive. like four i thought 400 maybe yeah. like three and, something and, 400 and i think a lot of that is really not speaking too negatively on yeah but just how positive um and hyped people are on Max. And, I mean, and Max, really people, Max was talking to the commentators while whoop. It was was he looking at the, he was no look whooping Calvin Cater's ass mm-hmm. in that last fight. Yeah, it was a you know his best performance yet. So it's, he it's, he has all the records for number of strikes. Like the top like three are him in fights. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you guys have fought in two years. Yeah, you're taking that pandemic seriously, man. Good man. So. <laughs> two years off. We'll see. And if, you know what? Honestly, if he wins, anybody beats Max Holloway. Right now, this version oh, of Max Holloway, absolutely. title yes. shot. Yes. Anybody. Agreed. I don't care if I never heard of the motherfucker and he got here from Bellator. If in his next fight, he knocks out Max Holloway or knocks wins, okay? <laughs> A split title shot, okay? That's where Max Holloway is right now. It's like beating Wei Lee is going to be like that at straw weight. Um, yeah, the rest of this card isn't good. I don't want to disparage the names of the people on here, but it's just not a good fight card. Um I mean, to be fair, like they're, they're recognizable. Like, I know, names. I know, I know ben, the names, but like, what are these fights? Felicia, yeah, OSP. They're just uh, Kevin Holland. Their names, you know, are these just, real? Are these fights are happening? Compelling. 
Okay, I got I'm seeing on Google at least. I'm on Wikipedia. And, Let me just go to MMA Junkie because I, I'm I'm not even seeing any of those names on Wikipedia. Yeah, so, I mean, what I'm seeing at least is like you know, this doesn't like you know. Am I going to watch anything outside the main event? Probably not. Oh yeah, so Felicia um, Spencer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, OSP is not on this on. Oh, yes, on, on, on MMA Junkie. Felipe Linz. Maybe that Felipe? got canceled or something. Yeah. Um, Chaos Williams. That was yeah. a guy for a minute. Yeah. Cynthia um, oh, Calvillo, Andrea KJB Lee. Mark, remember when Mark Diacasey was going to be somebody? This is a really the late. This card is the land of. Remember they were Song Yadong. Mm-hmm. Fun name to say. Nothing. Not a lot going on. Yeah, um, so not the best card, but I we've seen. I think the week after might be significantly worse, Bob. So let's save some of our vitriol. Oh, that's the that's the that's let's... the Misha Tate one, right? And that fight again, like that fight's event, good. Then the rest not of bad, it, but everything else underneath it is is less inspiring. But um, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll this get weekend to it. we also got a cyborg uh, defending that strap in Bellator, the Thunder Forty Five. Sure, okay. against uh, Sinead Kavanaugh, who couldn't have a more Irish name if she fucking tried. Mm. All right, mm-hmm. that's as, as much as it gets. Um, but they got some people on that card too, man. They got Linton Vassell taking on Tyrell Fortune. Aaron Pico's on that card. I could, I mean, the UFC main events better, but it's the same shit. Valerie, Valerie Lareda, uh, that's the one who's famous for being very attractive um, in Bellator. She's on the undercard. So, all right. <laughs> they have a fight. They have, Bellator's got a fight coming up in a few weeks. Um, and not Anthony Pettis, Sergio Pettis Sergio against Horiguchi. Against, Hor- against Horiguchi. Ooh, that is that is the one cool, yeah. that is the one we talk about and probably watch. That sounds like a good fight. It's yeah. It's, yeah. Um, UFC back on pay per view December eleventh, the week before though, is Jose Aldo and Rob Font, so that's not bad. All right, um, let's do stuff we like. Well, I just want to I just want to say something real quickly about um, the bad week of news it was for some of the things I like. The okay. WWE released fifteen people. Right after another quarterly earnings call where they said they broke revenue records, mm. they cut Keith Lee. Oh, that's a shame. I don't know how you cut Keith Lee. Keith Lee is going to be in AEW in three months and world champion within nine. Keith Lee is the man. I don't understand that on any level. They cut his fiance Mia Yim. She'd also be great for AEW. They cut Ember Moon. The woman does a stunner off the top rope for the love of fucking God. Um, they cut a lot of people, man. Um... Fucking uh, racist MAGA Jackson Riker still got a job, though. So that was shitty. And the other thing that really sucked was the Aaron Rodgers thing. Um, Marcus, were you in the loop at all on Aaron Rodgers, the news that came out of this guy? Nope. Aaron Rodgers is the reigning NFL MVP. Long story short, turns out he's an anti-vaxxer. Came out that he kind of lied about whether he was vaccinated or not when reporters asked him. Because he said, oh, I'm immunized. And we all kind of went, oh, okay. I guess that Mm -hmm. means he is. Tested positive for COVID. Went on my beloved Pat McAfee show on Friday, Mark. Um, mm, got him I, sick. Uh, no, he went on that. He's he's on normally every Tuesday. It's Aaron Rodgers oh, okay. Tuesdays, and he's always come off as a very well-read and knowledgeable person. And he just spewed a bunch of bullshit. And then he said, uh, "I consulted with my friend Joe Rogan about what I should mm. do." And the best part about this was Ariel came on the show after him, and Ariel said. I was listening, and things were making sense until he said uh, he consulted Joe Rogan, and Ariel said, well, who else did he consult? His FedEx driver? Like, <laughs> Ariel's, Ariel's ran out of fucks. Man. Ariel's ran out of fucks at this point. Look, um, I've thought the world of this guy for a long time. He was he got the cow. He's from Chico. He got the cow. 
his junior year, he transferred to Cal. And when I was a freshman in college, he was the man. He was awesome quarterback when the Niners had the first pick in the draft. I wish Stefan was still on the show because Stefan and me talk about it still where we were just like, we all wanted him and the Niners didn't draft him. And he went to Green Bay and like this past, you know, he became a legend and an MVP. And it was really, you know, athletes aren't your heroes when you're old, you know, older, you become an adult. But you think highly of people sometimes based on how they carry themselves. Um, he's actually the guy in all the State Farm commercials with a discount double check, if that means anything to anybody who's not a football fan. Um, and it's almost like this is like a fucking like, it's like another virus going around that isn't just the pan- that isn't just COVID. And it's just like misinformation, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's out there and he's saying, he's like, I'm a free thinker. As if to imply that we aren't, you know? Like, I'm not a free thinker and mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm not a critical thinker. You're not either, Mark, because we got, we got this shot. We got duped like, into getting the yeah, vaccine. Yeah, and it's like just, I don't know. I, like, I'm not going to go on a big rant here. We I say every week that you should get vaccinated. And obviously you should because you have a fucking brain. This just really it was disappointing, man, to see another person like that. But anyway, yeah. um, stuff we like, Marcus, why don't you lead it off? And then I'll end with a little my one-man preview of a, a wrestling card. <laughs> but go ahead. What do you got this week, man? Sure. Yeah, um... I guess really the only big things I finished up or experienced over the last week, I, I did finish Guardians of the Galaxy, um, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, like I talked last week, I was fairly early on at that point, but now having wrapped it up, a lot of things I thought early on are still the same. I think the story overall was very enjoyable. It, it kind of it had some twists and turns I wasn't necessarily expecting. They introduced some you know long long term missing characters from the mcu that i was glad to see them include in in here and uh the story was really fun and you know i hope um idos montreal um if they so choose if they have the desire to make a a sequel to it because i would definitely be interested in that i think they narratively left open different things they could do i think there's a lot of they, they do a good job building a world especially one where as someone that's watched guardians of the galaxy movies and you know have experienced some of those elements in the mcu um, that was just a good baser for this video game that kind of dived into some of those, you know, factions and world building. You know, obviously it's a different storyline than the MCU. Like what happened in it was different. Um, but a lot of the key players are the same. So it had a lot of really fun stuff. And I really enjoyed my time with it. It was one of the games I was anticipating the most this year. So, you know, at the end of the day, I was just really glad that it didn't really disappoint me. I had a great time. Um, but it is a game. It is narrative driven. So like now that I beat it, I don't really think I'm going to be going back to it anytime soon. Um, but that doesn't mean I didn't you know, thoroughly enjoy my time with it. No side and, quests. I mean, yeah, it, it's a very linear, especially in that regard. There's not really any side quests. There's literally paths, you know, to the side of your main linear path that you can go to. Well, this is the one they mock you told us, right? They mock you. If you yeah, go the wrong they, way. They, they, <laughs> there's a lot of banter. and They do question why you're doing things not towards your main objective. And, they ride around it, you know, fairly well. And yeah, that's what I really enjoyed. You know, if you like character building, world building, if you like the Guardians movies and thought, you know, that cast of characters was fun, you know, this game is more of that, a lot more of it. Um, and I really enjoyed myself. So yeah, I definitely recommend, you know, picking it up at some point. I may say like, you know, potentially wait for a sale, you know, at full price around 60 bucks. It is somewhat of a, of a steep ask if you're not, you know, super sold on just narrative games or you want games that are going you're going to replay over and over again. This really isn't that. But I think at forty dollars, thirty dollars, this is absolutely something you should pick up, especially if you're a fan of 
Marvel and especially the Guardians, I think is it next gen only or is it no, on everything? It, it's literally on everything, including the Switch. Except I think the Switch version is like this streaming online version. I don't know how well those play out. I was playing it on the PS5 and and there's issues. And a lot of reviews mention, you know, there's graphical issues, there's little bugs. Um, I think the game crashed on me a couple times, but those negatives aside, there was so many more positives. I still, you know, greatly enjoyed my time within it and would recommend it. But I would also recommend, you know, maybe waiting for a sale. If you see it for 40 bucks, I think it's a great price. Anything less than that, I would wholeheartedly recommend. But yeah, I really enjoyed my time with that. Um, and to kind of stay on the Marvel train, I was very hesitant to uh, watch Eternals, um, but I did. I actually ended up watching it today. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. I mean, for the MCU movie, David Faber probably the least interested in like the whole crop of Black Widow and Shang-Chi and um, you know, Doctor Strange and all this other stuff. Like the Eternals never really got me all that interested or excited to watch the flick. And, you know, leading up to this week, um, I took some time off for my birthday and I was like early on, I was like, yeah, I might as well check it out when it comes out because I'll have the days off. And I'm, you know, I love the MCU. I'm not particularly interested in this one, but, you know, in my head, it was like, you know, even if it's bad, you know, the worst MCU movies half decent compared to some of the other stuff out there. So um, my expectations were low reviews going into it were particularly low. The ones I saw weren't shining, but they also didn't say it was awful. Um, so I had low expectations going in. And, and what I can say is I, I did enjoy the film. It was much better than I was anticipating. I had a lot more fun watching it. Uh, but yeah, it's not really my favorite MCU movie. A lot of times it didn't even seem like it necessarily needed to be tethered to the Marvel Universe at all. It could have just been about these characters and, you know, a non-Marvel Universe and it would have worked and had you know, more or less the same impact. Um, it being wrapped up in the MCU, I don't think really added a whole lot to it, except for some of these characters are really cool and fun. And it'll be interesting to see them pop up in future movies if they decide to do so, which I imagine they would. It's kind of what Marvel's been doing uh since their tenure with this mcu stuff is you know having these characters intertwined so that could be fun and, and i enjoyed the movie you know i i probably wouldn't even mind watching it again at some point um but yeah it didn't knock my socks off but like i said i didn't have high expectations at the end of the day i was like this was fun i'll i'll watch this again um so yeah, that's kind of what i got um all right um i'm gonna preview as again hoping mike would be here for this um but it's AEW weekend, full gear. They were going to do it last week, but then both the UFC and Canelo Alvarez decided to do pay-per-views, and Tony Khan ain't no dummy. Um, so I'm just going to run through this. Um, this is the culmination of a two-year storyline, at least two-year storyline, depending on how far back you want to go, of the hangman Adam Page. Um, I've talked about him a lot. Um, I think... Uh, It'd be a disservice to me to sit here and try to summarize two years of stuff. But basically, Hangman, the ang the anxious millennial cowboy, if you will, um, is finally getting his title shot against Kenny Omega, the big bad heel, the final boss, if you will. Um, Kenny would appreciate that distinction. Um, the final boss of AEW for the world championship. Um, I legitimately think I'm going to get emotional if Hangman wins the championship. That's where I'm at. They've done this so well. Every part of it. And there's hit home run after home run. And I... They're at the finish line, I think. I don't know if they can drag... I mean, they can. But 
If they, I mean, they literally, we thought we were getting it three months ago, Mark, but then Hangman's uh, wife gave birth, so Hangman went home to be do paternity mm-hmm. leave. Didn't miss a beat. He came back, was getting cheered louder than CM Punk or Daniel Bryan or anybody. So, um, it's going to be a banger. Kenny Omega doesn't have bad matches, and Hangman Page is a superstar. I'm very excited. Um, we also got Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, taking on Ty Conti. Um, for the women's championship, we referred to this feud a couple weeks ago as the feud between the women debating who has a nicer ass, or someone saying she's only famous because of her ass. More has come. There's been mm. more fisticuffs, but um, Britt Baker's super over. Um, Ty Conti's super over. It's going to be a good match. The finals of the number one contender tournament, um, Brian Danielson taking on Miro. Um, it was pretty clear we were headed towards John Moxley and Danielson. Moxley um, entered rehab voluntarily in real life for alcohol treatment um, last was, uh, two weeks ago, week and a half ago, um, to much support from the wrestling community. It's nice. It's nice. The wrestling community is interesting in that it seems like the wrestlers all seem to have each other's back. And I'm not sure that existed when we were That's good. watching earlier. Yeah. It was hard to tell. Um, but... You know, it's uh, CM Punk gave this big promo the other night talking about how proud he was of Moxley for that and stuff. And uh, Manders became a father. So maybe, you know, evaluating where he is in his life and thinking, you know, I probably should solve this before my kid gets too old. So proud of him there. Uh, Brian Danielson and Miro. It's kind of, you know, wrestling, a good way of just like, this is a nice microcosm, Mark, where is Brian Danielson versus Miro, which is really is Daniel Bryan versus Rusev, which everybody's sure they've seen a bunch. But because mm-hmm. they have different names and they're not the same character, it's a whole different fucking world. Like, because it's, you know, it's wrestling. And people are mm-hmm. excited. And this version of Miro is a fucking savage. He's oh, he's in a feud with God, kind of. He just is angry at God for letting him lose his championship. It's a whole thing. Um, 10-man Minneapolis street fight. The Inner Circle. Jericho, Guevara, Bellator fighter Jake Hager, Santana and Ortiz. Taking on the men of the year, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. And from American Top Team, three representatives. And uh, the gimmick was that uh, Inner Circle was able to pick who from American Top Team was represented. Um, Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky, and Dan Lambert's going to be in the match. Um, mm. uh, which should be fun. Um, it's gonna be like, this is going to be some shenanigans in this match. Um, we all kind of learned last week that Paige Van Zandt is built for this, though. She cut a promo, very 101 wrestling promo, Mark, but she fucking killed it. And nice. she's, you know, she looks like she's got a future here. That should be a fun fight. Um, Lucha Brothers, Penta El Cerro Miedo, Ray Phoenix taking on FTR. Some luchadors versus some old school guys. And FTR, probably the best tag team in the world, if them are the lunch, uh, young bucks. So, uh, Darby Allen, MJF, two young studs in AEW, going to throw down. CM Punk and Eddie Kingston's got the vibes of two uncles at a barbecue throwing down. Um, lots of shit talk between these two. Should be a good time. And uh, Christian Cage and uh, Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, and Lucha Soros taking on uh, the Super Click, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks in a six-man Falls Count Anywhere match. They're, this roster is deep, man. This roster is deep, and I think they're... I'm not sure you can put on a lot more shows where you give three spots to the American Top Team guys. I think you have too many good wrestlers at this point. And, uh, but, you know, Mark, they don't appreciate when they put on a pay-per-view once every four months only, once every three months. 
they load that fucker up. They really yeah, load this thing up. Time so. to simmer and cook up. Some yeah, that, stuff, that's so. that's uh, that's nice. So AEW, their uh, final pay per view of 2021, taking place at the Target Center, I believe. Yes, I remember the name of that place where the Minnesota Timberwolves play in Minneapolis. Um, should be fun. And if Hangman becomes champion, they are in his hometown. I think next Wednesday or the Wednesday mm-hmm. after. So mm-hmm. I think so. Should be a fun time. But yeah, um, it's going to be fun. Besides that, I'm excited to see Shang Chi. I haven't seen it yet. And yeah, it comes out on, on Disney, Disney Plus, Day. So, yeah. Did you see that Disney Day thing they're doing? Um, did mm-hmm. I send that to you? No, they um, so, I mean, they, they talked about it for a while. It's yeah, Shang Chi's going to come out. They're going to show. They're going to show some stuff. I don't really know. Probably trailers for some of the new stuff coming out. It's basically a hey, it's been two years since we made this thing. You're not going to cancel a subscription now, right? Not well, they're now. also doing this thing where if you pay five bucks, it's five okay. bucks at AMC, and you can either buy like a. There's like four categories of Disney. There's like Pixar, animated Disney, Disney, some other Disney movies, and then so uh, Star Wars. Star Wars. There's four. You can buy tickets, and then you don't know what movie they're going to play. Oh, okay. But if you pick a Star Wars one, presumably they're going to play like a good one. <laughs> Jedi or fuck. What if they just play the last? I mean, Phantom, they should play New Hope. Yeah. But um, it's five bucks for a ticket, and uh, you get a popcorn and a poster and uh, soda. Sounds like some fun thing to do with your kids if you got kids. Sounds like a miserable experience to be in that theater, though, quite frankly. Um, Stefan had too many children with him when he, around him when he saw The Eternals, and I don't think he wants to go to a movie theater again. Um, well, I saw it today, you know, after the weekend, and there was two other people in there, so it was great. My only theater experience in the pandemic was Fast and the Furious 9, um, which was me, a buddy Drew, and I think one or two people were like 10 rows back of us. That was Perfect. fun. That's I'm, that's how I want to watch movies. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Um, I don't have anything else this week, Marcus. Do you? No, no. That's it. That's a show, yeah. baby. Uh, that's the show. Um, happy Veterans Day. I think. Mm, is it? Was that today? Mm, Was that next week? So. If mm. it's coming up, we don't know. We I don't give we don't give that day off. Okay. Who are we work? Don't. Yeah, we don't. Um, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. I was Doctor Law. That was the birthday boy, DJ Mark. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you all so much for listening. We really appreciate it. It was a great card week, man. It was fun to talk about actual fighting with you guys. Actually, yeah. For you guys. And make this be an MMA podcast that isn't us just bitching about how bad these cards are. But fuck, man. We're doing our best. We really are. So we'll be back next week. I'm sure Max and Yahya are going to throw down and do some shitty, nutty mm-hmm. shit. Give us a reason to talk. And uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll find a way to get excited for Misha Tate and Vieira's the rest of her card. That yeah, fight's fine. Yeah, the rest fine. of the card's but tough. The rest of the card. We're going to do our best. Um, again, thank you all for listening. See you all next week, and peace out. See you.